This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, welcome to all of you. We're so glad that you're here. Happy Mother's Day. Feliz Dia de las Madres to all of you out, mamacitas out there. We're glad that you're here. Um, I want to honor a few people. My mama is watching online, so I love you, my mom. Her picture's up here. I got to go on Friday to Clovis and be with her. Let me just give you a little piece of advice. If your mom is still on this earth, I don't care what the status is, she brought you into this earth and you honor her. And there's a blessing. What? No matter. You honor and there's a blessing. Uh, My mother-in-law was here first service. That was a blessing. And uh, just so all of you know, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are moving here to Lubbock in a few months and they get to be a full-time part of our church. So we are happy about that. She's missed little four foot 11 and three quarter fireballs. So uh, yeah, you'll get to know her. Uh, My children, you got to see my daughter Amanda up here. I'm so proud of her. This is our son, Austin. He lives in New York City. Uh, Everybody always says, you know, I look like Amanda, but then when they see Austin, they're like, well, you really look like him. Him and I are more like, uh, we're the late night people. Uh, Amanda's the early morning person like her dad. Uh, So in typical Austin style, it it was actually pretty early for both of us. At uh, 12 p.m. his time last night, uh, 11 p.m. I got my first Happy Mother's Day text from him. So uh, I love my son Austin and my grandkids, Kate and Taylor. Grandkids make it all worthwhile, parents. If you can just survive through those years and pray and pray, you get to have the blessing of grandchildren. So if you're a mother here in this room or watching online, if you've raised children, you're currently raising children, some of you may be raising grandchildren, some of you helping with other people's children that are not even their own because their mamas may be absent. If you have children in heaven, That counts. You're still a mom. Those children are known by their name. Whether that was through miscarriage or a death, you are a mom. And you will get to see them again. If you're a, what I call a bonus mom, most people call them stepmoms, good for you. Be be a voice in that child's life. You can do things with that children, with those children God has placed in your life. To those in the room who haven't yet had children, maybe have suffered from infertility, today we breathe life over what seems lifeless. In first service, I looked out and there was a baby that we had prayed for. We had prayed uh, two or three years before he ever came on the scene. Jim and Kara Hyden, I think they're with her mom this morning, We prayed for 10 years for that baby. And Mother's Days would come. And women's retreats where we would pray for mamas to have babies. And we got to see the fulfillment of that promise. So you hold on to hope. God has children for you. Single moms out there, you are heroes. You keep it up. You're doing good work raising those kids. To those who aren't a mom in the natural 
but you spiritually care for others. Thank you for your sacrifices. To those of you who have lost your mom, either through death or divorce, some other tragic event, we pray that God would heal the hurt and he would bring people, other women, men, to fill those gaps in your life and in your heart. See, a day like today can remind us of the good and the bad, the loss and the gain, but in all of it, God wants to speak life. He wants to speak value and love over each of our lives. Women, girls, you're amazing, and you are loved by God. Amen? Hey, I want to brag on our church, on our community, for voting for life. Last week, last Saturday a week ago, our community made a stand and said we're going to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. That's written in Proverbs 31. The Lord commanded us to do that. No matter what your stand is, I will tell you, God is pleased when we speak up for the unborn. Now we need to be a church that's there for those women who find themselves in a bad position. And we need to love them, support them. We need to foster kids. We need to adopt kids, amen? We gotta be a support system now. We don't just speak with our, our vote, then we need to live it with our lives, amen? Awesome. Well, I'm gonna minister this morning on a thing. My message is called present, not perfect. Any of you ever tried to be perfect before? Yes? Try to control things and make things look real pretty and real neat and real tidy. And you have something in your mind. This is how I want it to look. How many of y'all know it rarely goes that way? I'll just give you a little hint. The Lord put this on my heart. I'm going to share a song later that um, really inspired this. But, I mean, I've... I've had to overcome some perfectionism in my life. I felt like I was doing pretty good with that till this weekend, and guess what? Everything that could have gone wrong, we had all these plans. When you plan for Mother's Day, you have to plan all the things. You have to plan the giveaways. You plan the gifts for moms. You just plan the songs and the videos, all of it. Not one thing went like we planned and I had in my head originally that it was gonna go. It's not perfect, but I'm present here with you, and God is with us, and he's going to speak today. Amen? All right. Well, let's go. Hey, if you didn't get a handout, raise your hand up, and our ushers have these. I like for you to have it because we fill it in. We see it. We're going to remember it better, and months down the road, you may need some of these scriptures. You may need to remind yourself of how loved you are by God, that you don't have to be perfect. So if you'll put your hand up, our ushers will get that to you. See, parenting often reminds me of how much I'm loved by my heavenly father. Because when I stumble, when I don't do things right, when I make mistakes and I don't have this big grand slam home run day, guess what? God still loves me. Just like we love our children, no matter what they do, we love them. Doesn't mean we always approve of what they do. 
Doesn't mean we're always happy with the choices they make, but our love never changes. And that is our Father God. He loves us unconditionally. All right, ready for your paper? His love and favor are not based on my performance. Thank God it's not based on my performance or any action of mine at all. And that's what we all think. If we're just, you know, we have capacity and we can do things and we can muscle through these things. And I'm a woman or a man who can do a lot. And I'm tough on the outside. Things don't bother me. Listen, if we go around being tough so long, acting like we can do all these things, guess where that tough? It ends up going to that place where our heart should be soft and tender. And we can toughen it up and that's not a good place to be. So make sure that we know our favor and love from God is not based on our performance. See, I am loved, period, period. Not comma like if I do these things, period. That's it. I am loved. Not because of who I am or am not. Not because of what I've done or haven't done, but because of who he is and what he's done, and that's a lot, amen? I don't know where you're at today, what you're struggling with, but Jesus is offering us freedom. Freedom from performance. This isn't just for moms. Don't act like it's just moms. Although moms suffer from this a lot because we got, we got the all, all the plates. We got lots of things on our plates. We wear a lot of hats, but men, teenagers, this is something we all struggle with, is feelings of inadequacy, feelings of insignificance, like I'm not seen. If I don't have 20 pictures of what I did posted on Instagram and, and 100 likes, then it must not have mattered. That's not the truth at all. We're not a performance-based people. We've got to be loved by God, period. See, you don't have to carry around the weight of trying to be enough or do enough. You don't have to try harder, do more, or prove your worth to attain God's love. See, in Christ, we are redeemed, we are chosen. I love the songs today. They all just affirmed that. I'm already enough in Christ. I am. I'm his child. We sang that. Do we believe it? Are we walking in that every day? See, even on the days when you fall, even on the days when you're carrying this heavy load of mistakes, this heavy load of, of things you think you have to be. See, just because you can carry that load, just because you carry it all so well doesn't mean it's not heavy. Trying to be what the world expects us to be, what social media expects us to be like our lives, it's heavy. And I love that Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if we're carrying a heavy burden, who is that from? Who is it from? Because Jesus says, mine is light. Doesn't mean it's not a lot of work, but the burden of that work, of doing what God's called us to do, because he's all called us to do something. We're going to talk about that in the message. The burden of that is light. 
So question if you've got that heavy burden, like a little red wagon that you're just pulling along. Oh, oh, it's so heavy. It's so heavy. That's not God's burden because his burden is light. See, we think if we push through, if we hustle enough, if we strive enough, we'll feel whole. We'll feel valued and accepted. I'll feel happy. But most of the time, all I feel is tired and worn out. I don't think I've ever seen a society that's as tired and worn out and stressed out as what we are today, dealing with anxiety and depression. See, who told me that keeping more plates spinning would make me happy? And don't you know that's what our society, it's like, you, here you go, let me add one more thing. Let, here's one more plate. Have you ever seen a juggler? Like, they have the one. They start with three. I mean, two's easy. They're just doing two, and then someone throws a third, and so they got to really watch. And then have you ever seen them? It's like, okay, they have more. And I, I mean, you just get dizzy watching. Well, that's what our lives look like. Sometimes the enemy's like, here you go, do more. Do more. If you don't do this, you're not going to feel loved. If you don't perform like this, you're of no value. And so we take it and we're, we're juggling. We have all the plates spinning in our lives, and yet we're not happy on the inside. That doesn't make me feel worthy of God's love with all the activity. Only Jesus can feel that empty hole in our hearts, that ache for love and acceptance and value only comes from Jesus. See, stress happens when our mind shifts from the truth that God is with you, in you, and for you. This is truth. This is not truth. So much on social media, so even the news things that come across, y'all realize that's not always truth. Not at all. But stress happens when we get away from this. And anything other than this tells us that truth of what we're worth. Only God, only God can impart his value into our life and it lasts and goes deep down inside of us. See, God does not want you to try harder. He wants you to trust him deeper, deeper. Stop trying and start trusting. Two things could talk about a lot, but I just wanted to talk about two things on moving. This move that we all need to make from being perfect to being present. So let's talk about two of them. Number one, accept yourself as loved by God, period. Period. You do not have to earn God's love by what you do or not do. He loves you just the way you are. So we're going to get some truth in our lives right now. We're going to look up some scriptures. They're going to be up here if you have your Bible. Look at these. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans is a book all about our righteousness with God, our right standing with God. If you need to know about right standing, read the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 says, for when the time was right, the anointed one who is the anointed one? Jesus. The Passion Translation, I love that they call him the anointed one. 
When the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. How many of you, that was you? You were entirely weak and powerless to save yourself. Jesus came. Jesus came at this time to save us. Verse 8 says, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. See, he didn't wait till we said, okay, I've taken a shower. I'm all clean and spiffed up now, Lord. Okay, now I'm ready. I've stopped smoking and I've stopped cussing and I've stopped looking at porn. Now I'm ready, God. He doesn't wait. He said he came and died while we were ugly, in our ugliest spot, in the worst place of our life. Jesus came. He came to die for you and for me. Isn't that great news? All right, let's go on. 1 John 3, 1, some more truth for our lives. 1 John 3, 1 says, see how very much... Not just a little bit, but how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. When the enemy is lying to you and telling you, you are terrible. You're worthless. Maybe someone told you that in your past. Maybe someone from your childhood or an ex-spouse or someone has told you you're not worth it and you're stupid and you're ugly and you'll never amount to something, you begin to quote something like 1 John 3, 1. You say, oh, see how very much my father loves me. He loves me. He calls me his child and that is what I am. You may have to march around your house. You know the devil, he's always talking. Well, why don't you talk back? Why don't you talk back with the word of God? You put that over your mind, put it over your heart. This will protect you. This is your lifeline. We've got to have the word. Jeremiah 31.3, the next scripture. This is our whole theme of our women's ministry. We based it on this scripture right here because women and men need to know. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. How many of you have ever read your Bible all the way through? If you've read the whole Bible. If you haven't, I encourage you to do that. Do you know what you see? The first time I did it, it was, I knew it, but I saw through the whole Bible a thread of his love, a thread of his kindness to his people as I read from cover to cover, I saw, no matter how awful the people were, how many times they rejected him, God still loved. That everlasting love is written throughout the scriptures. And he says, I draw you with kindness. Kindness. He's not like the parent. I know all of you have done it before. You know, if your kid's out doing something and you need him, you're like, get over here. Get over here. Stop doing that. Come on. That's not how God does. Jeremiah says he draws us with that unfailing kindness. Come on. See, he doesn't approve of our sin. 
Don't, get, don't fool yourself. He hates our sin because he knows it's destroying us and putting a wall between him and us. But it says with unfailing kindness. He's kind enough. See, if he didn't care, he'd just say, all right, if that's what you want to do, go do it. It says he's drawing us with unfailing kindness. He never gives up. He never gives up. If you're praying for that prodigal child, you never give up praying for them. We keep praying and we keep praying and drawing them with kindness. They know they're not living right. It's not like you have to tell them. I love there's a book and it's talking about uh, what to do when you have adult children. And the whole premise is put out the welcome mat and shut your mouth. That's a good one. I have to remind myself of that all the time with my adult children. I love them. I love them and I welcome them just like my father does for me. And I keep praying and trust that God's the one that's going to bring them. Amen. And the next scripture I want to read, Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 19. Oh my goodness, this is a good one. This is a prayer that Paul prayed. Oh, I love to take these prayers that he put in his letters to the churches in the epistles. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, all of those books there. He prayed prayers for those churches. I've taken those and I've prayed them for myself, for my children. For other family members, our church, we can pray these. This was what he said. Verse 16, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources. He never runs out. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. See, it's all about trust. Are you going to trust your life with Christ when we do that, I love this. It says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Yesterday, I was out in the backyard. We were trying to get the backyard ready for company today. And y'all know we were having to fight against our West Texas wind and dirt yesterday. Stormy was out trying to clean. And every time he'd sweep and get the dirt, guess what? 40 mile an hour gust and here would blow in more. But I'm in there, I'm trying to plant some new flowers and I decided to move this one that I'd planted a few weeks ago, this small little plant and I moved it. I was gonna move it to this other spot. And you know, when I dug down those roots from that little bitty, it was just one of those little four packs that I had bought. Those roots were already going down. See, that's what Christ's love does. When we trust him, when we let his love come in, it says our roots will grow down deep into his love, deep into his love. And you know why we need those deep roots? Because you have an enemy that's always gonna try to come and knock you off your feet. But when you have your roots in, when the winds come, the storms come, we're not blown over. Let's keep reading in Ephesians verse 18. Of chapter three, and may you have the power to understand. That's in our minds. We fight this battle in our minds so often, as all God's people should. This is what we have to understand. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. 
May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then when we begin that process of understanding his love, it says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. See, I've given God many reasons not to love me. None of them have changed his mind. Not one has changed his mind from loving me. Isn't that good? Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, we've got to give up on being perfect and accept who God has made me to be. Just accept ourselves in my imperfect self. I'm going to make mistakes, but I want to have a heart that's perfect towards the Lord to love him. See, here is the gift of imperfection. Oh my goodness, you mean there's a gift? Yeah. Any of you recovering perfectionists, guess what? There is a gift in imperfection. I wouldn't have thought this, but there's a gift in it, and here it is. Letting go of who you think you're supposed to be, all those expectations that we have on ourselves, maybe that others have put on us, the gift of imperfection is letting them go and embracing who God has called us to be. Weight Watchers organization, they've done great things for people. They've helped people get healthy and lose weight. You know what their slogan is? It's not be perfect. You're only gonna matter when you get to this goal weight. No, their slogan is progress over perfection. A little bit of progress and a little bit of progress. Sometimes you may take a step back, but that's okay. Progress, I'm not perfect. I may not be lovable. I may not make the right decision, but progress over perfection. It's hard to see progress in the day-to-day. Y'all know that. I have grandkids that are in their teenage years, and they are growing rapidly. My grandson is so proud of himself. He was bragging before the service. He has now outgrown me. He's, he's tall. He's spreading out. And you know what? If I don't see him for like a week or two, I'm like, wow, I can see the progress. No, his parents don't see it because they're there every day, and it just looks the same. But man, when we look back at our lives, church... We see one step at a time, there's progress. If we stay with Jesus, if we keep believing in his love, we keep serving him, guess what? There's progress, step after step, day after day as we receive his love and walk in that. See, we have the courage to be imperfect when we can grasp how much We are loved by God, accepted by Him, and we're in this wonderful community of people in the church that believe in us. So that's going to bring me to step two. How do we get through this journey of being present, not perfect, is be present with your people. I like that. Be present with your people. What does that mean? Oh my goodness. Our schedule, see, I keep a calendar. I just keep it on my phone now because that way if I'm at my work computer, if I'm at my home computer, if I have my phone, they all talk to each other. I can even send it to Stormy. I can send this calendar to whoever's involved in whatever thing that I'm doing. I like it. But sometimes our schedule can get so full. 
Our schedule can, we can schedule relationships right out of our life because we got the schedule. We got all the things we have to do in the to-do list, and I'm a list maker. I like, any of y'all like to check those boxes off, things that you're doing? But guess what? We need to be present in our relationships with others, not half listening while we're watching TV. That wouldn't be any of you men in here, would it? Watching that MMA fight or whatever latest sporting thing or playing a video game or looking at social media. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. looking, 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 trying to have a conversation with your spouse. We need to be present in our relationships. I looked up the word present and there were four meanings. I love this. Love this to be present with our people. The first meaning of the word present was an adjective describing that we need to be here. Here, right now. Here in this place. Be here for your people. Be physically present. Don't just say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that and not show up. Don't just be, give them lip service and not be emotionally there for them. Y'all know that's why most affairs start in a marriage. It's not usually the physical, it's because there's a, a lack of emotional connection. You're not emotionally present for your spouse and they turn and they find someone else that will fill that. To be here for our people, we've got to be emotionally present and be spiritually present. We've got to pray for the people around us. We've got to pray for our husband, for our children, for our friends, our coworkers. If you're not praying for them, who is? Who is praying for that soccer coach that you may get irritated at? But who's praying for them? God's put them in your circle at this time. Be present with them. Be here. The second meaning of the word present, another adjective, means occurring now, not the past or the future. See, so many of us are like, yeah, I've been there for you. I was there. We did this. Yeah, great. That's in the past. What about right now? Or don't make promises for the future. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Yeah, we'll do this one day. So many people put off their happiness for that one day. When my kids are, are bigger, when my, I have a bigger house, when they're not so messy, then I'll have some friends over. I'll share my table then with someone. Guess what? Time's going to pass you by. Be present right now. The third meaning of the word present is a verb. I like that so it shows action. It means to give or award formally, you present yourself. You give of yourself to make someone's life better. See, we need to quit being so selfish. Number one was we, yes, we need to receive God's love. Yes, we get his love in our hearts. Yes, our roots grow down deep. And you know, then we're supposed to have some action. What do we do with that love? We're not just this reservoir to receive. Okay, I've got all my love and no one else can have any. God is calling us to step out. That's the thing about COVID that I hate is that it's made us all so selfish. So much thinking about ourselves and my own comfort and keeping myself 
Uh, and again, I'm all for keeping yourself healthy. But what are you doing for the kingdom of God? That's the question I have to ask each one of you. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? What are you presenting yourself? What are you doing to present yourself? See, there may be a teenager on a Wednesday night down here in our youth group who's struggling with their identity. He may be struggling to know, who am I? The world is telling me this. Social media is doing this. I see these singers, these famous people, and they're doing this. What are they, who's speaking into their life? Who's presenting themselves in their life? Or maybe it's down there in the preschool hallway and that little five-year-old girl that's acting out in class. She needs someone to present themselves because you know the only reason she's probably acting out is because she's in chaos at home. She's grown up with chaos and she has no stability. You could be the stability. You be the one that they can count on. Maria Richberg was in here first service sitting. I was surprised to see her sitting. She's not in here now. Because you know why? I asked Maria, how many times a month do you serve in the fours and five-year-old classroom? Five. Five times a month. More often than not, she's down there instead of being in here. And Dora, our preschool director, has to beg people, would you serve one time a month? Most of us are like, no, no, I don't, I don't feel like it. I'm busy. I don't want to get here early. I mean, I'd have to get here. Again, present yourself. Quit waiting. We need to present ourselves. You know, we go out to the uh, Lubbock County Detention Center once a week. It's our women's ministry, mainly it's staff ladies. We need the rest of you. If you have a Monday afternoon, you can go with us. Come on, but we go out there and we're assigned this pod. Do y'all know it's the most inconvenient thing to do that? Every Monday, it's not like I look on my calendar and say, oh, yay, we get to go to the detention center. And these hours driving out there and checking in, and y'all know it's not easy. They lose our badges. Sometimes they, uh, it takes us 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes us 30 minutes to go through the process, getting your badge, going and checking in. If there's no disturbances, we got to get the remote control. Then we got to go down. We got to go through all the locked doors till we finally get to pod B. And we're in there. And you know what? Last week we were delayed and we just have to like laugh most of the time. You know what we saw when we finally got in there through all the locked doors and we got into pod B? I look in that classroom and the girls are waiting for us. They're waiting for us. Now sometimes, now I have been known to go and call people out. There's a few of them that I know now because we're consistent. And I'll say, you need to come in here. Where's so-and-so? But there was a group of girls sitting there waiting. And they don't care. They don't care if we have perfect lives. They don't care that we have the perfect lesson. They just care that we're present. That we're presenting ourselves that week in and week out, we get to go. And tomorrow we get to do something special. You know, we can't take them anything. 
We can take our lesson paper, and I'll tell you, we stamp our church name on there. You know why? So they know, we tell them every week, you have a place that you'll be loved, you'll be accepted, you can come just as you are. We want you at our church. We want your children. And we stamp it. Now, have we seen a lot of fruit yet? Not really. Those girls promise a lot. Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to come. It doesn't matter. But tomorrow we get to do something special and we were approved to take a gift for Mother's Day to all the women. Every woman and every officer at Lubbock County is going to get a gift. That's why we have that table and we want you to write a card because it's one thing to hand them a card, it's another thing to have something written on there that says you can do it. I believe in you. So would you at the end of the service stop by that table and write an encouragement for the women Yes? Awesome. The last meaning of the word, we're almost done here. The word present means something given to someone as a gift, a present. We give someone a present of our presence. See, do we save our best as a gift to the people who should be priorities in our life? Or are we just dragging in our exhausted selves at the end of our day and giving them the leftovers? I have to ask myself this as well. A minister on uh, Instagram that I follow wrote this the other day. She has three little kids and they're starting a church. She's got a lot of things going on. And she wrote this, she said, it often seems that the world gets the best version of me and my family gets the leftovers of me, the scraps of mommy and wife. It seems to be more appealing to grind and create events and organizations that are growing and inspiring. You know, it's empowering to feel like you're saving the world. And many of us are drunk on this wine of saving the world, of pouring ourselves into our work so much that we don't have much left to give our families at home. We've got to be present and give our priorities the best of us. So what are your priorities? I'll just tell you. Your priorities should be God, one, spouse, two, then kids, other family, our church, and your calling to serve, our work, our hobbies, and other things. So what are you giving your best self and time and energy to? Who is getting the present of your presence? Ecclesiastes 5 verses 18 through 20. Now, the person who wrote Ecclesiastes was King Solomon, and he was the wisest man in all the world. And this was what he wrote. After looking at the way things are on this earth, here's what I've decided is the best way to live. Take care of yourself, have a good time, make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. Yes, we should make the most of what gives both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given, and delighting in the work, it's God's gift. Here's the key part. God 
deals out joy when? In the present, the now. If we don't have joy, are we living in the present? Are we living with Christ right now? See, Eleanor Roosevelt said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called uh, the present. See, we have to enjoy the little things. You know why? Because one day we're going to look back and realize they were the big things. Spending time with your family, serving your church, serving the community, loving others. Those are the big things. Doesn't matter if you get a picture posted about it. God sees. God sees everything we do. And I'm going to choose to be present over perfect, realizing that my presence has more influence than any perfection I could ever have. See, when Jesus comes into our heart, our soul feels its worth. Our soul knows I'm loved, I'm valued. What we're craving gets filled when Jesus comes. See, and the more I sit with Jesus, spend time in his presence, the more I become that child that knows they're loved, that knows they're valued, and we don't even have to question it. Pastor Evan's kids, if y'all watch ever, he'll be working out here, standing there, and when his two little kids come out at the end of service, you know what they do? They don't look like Oh, is daddy there? What's that a good thing? No, they run out. And Ellie's like, daddy! And Levi comes up and grabs his leg and holds on. Because they're just, they sat in his presence so much they know they're loved. They know, there's no question. So we're going to do something today. We're going to be loved by our father. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I'm going to read this last scripture over you, about how God feels about you. Many of us, this is how we feel in our lives right now. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, it's only when we understand God's unconditional love that we'll live free in this world, that we can be present in our lives, living free from the bondage of perfection. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. His love changes everything, everything in our lives. So I have a question for you. Have you received his love? Have you received the love of Jesus, that anointed 
one. The one who came and gave us life for us in our ugliness and our sin, our mistakes. If you haven't received him, I'm going to give you an invitation to come. Jesus said, come to me. So if you need to come and receive Jesus for the first time, come and meet me down here. As well, sometimes we've come before and then we walk away. And we go do our own thing and we go like the prodigal son and we live in the pig pen again. And I love the word picture. It says God was watching. The father's watching. When are they going to come home? When are they going to come back? And he's watching and waiting. And his arms are open wide. And it said when the prodigal son came back, the father ran to him in love. If you've taken a step away from God, but you need him back, I'm going to ask you to come. Is there anyone in here right now? You need to do that. You want to come back. If you're online watching, I'm going to lead us through a prayer. If you would bow your heads and just say this, say, Father, I come. I bring the mess of my life to you. I ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart. You would fill me with your love. Wash away all the dirt from my life. Holy Spirit, I need you. In Jesus' name. This next part is if you have felt that pressure, the pressure of performing, the pressure of striving, of having to do things for love, I'm going to ask you to come and let Jehovah Jireh fill you once again, fill you with his love. You're welcome to come. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.